Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to South Bay Community Church. So glad to see each and every one of you here today. Like James said, my name is Todd. I am the youth pastor intern here at SPCC. And man, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful to be here, to be able to share God's word and to share what God has been putting on my heart this past week. And, you know, I've been going to SPCC for Man, it's been 14 to 15 years now. It all started when I was invited out to church, when I was invited going to the sixth grade into our youth ministries. And it's kind of crazy how God has brought me back full circle to becoming this youth intern. And honestly, it's just an honor. It's such a privilege to be serving with the youth each and every week. I see some of them here today. And I'm just so thankful for them. Um, When I'm not here, though, but when I'm not here, when I'm not serving, uh, my day job is working at Skechers. So I work at the Skechers corporate office in Manhattan Beach. I'm a consumer affairs representative. And so if you guys need light up shoes, I'm your guy. (laughs) You're all good. But also if you guys have broken light up shoes, I'm also your guy. You can call in and I'll try to help you out. And you know, I've also graduated from Cal State Fullerton, graduated with a marketing degree, but instead of marketing a specific brand, instead of marketing this specific product, God's kind of been leading me to market him and marketing him in the youth ministries, and so it's so cool, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and it's just so humbling, it's so amazing to see a God working within our youth here at SBCC. I I love them, I appreciate each and every one of them, and uh, for me, as you get to know me a little better, as you get to know me, you'll start to get to know a little bit of my likes. So like James and Corey said, I like the Clippers, I like basketball, I like yellow basket, I like golf, all within that order. And, you know, this week I was thinking about our pastors here, and I was thinking about what our pastors like and what they go hand in hand with. And so when I thought about Pastor Caleb, who is our worship pastor, I thought about music. I thought about how he can play pretty much any instrument on this stage, and then even more. When I thought about Pastor Dave, I thought about Marvel, I thought about the Avengers, Captain America, how Davey, he's like a superhero to me. Um, Pastor Greg, he goes hand in hand with surfing. Pastor Greg, he also goes hand in hand with being really, really buff. We have a really, really buff pastor in Pastor Greg. And then Pastor Gary, a lot of you guys may think he goes hand in hand with Star Wars. And that's easy, right? But I'm sure you guys think of him dancing to the song Happy by Pharrell in that music video, if you guys remember that a couple years ago. And then last but not least, when I think about Pastor James, who was my youth pastor when I was growing up within the ministry in sixth grade and on, I've learned from serving with him, from knowing him for years on years on years, that he goes hand in hand with fine Chinese dining. Fine Chinese dining, which is why when I think of James, I think of Panda Express. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true Chinese food. I would know. I'm Japanese, trust me. But, you know, today as we're continuing on in our series called God Inside, we're going to be taking a look at the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit produces the fruit inside of us. And so when you guys think about kindness, my hope is that you would also think about goodness and how kindness and goodness, they go hand in hand. But before we move forward, uh, let's open this time up. Let's talk to God. Let's open this time in a word of prayer. Will you pray with me, church? Father God, Lord, we just thank you for today. God, I just thank you for these moments that we get to worship as brothers and sisters and as a family. God, we thank you for bringing each and every person here. God, it's by no accident that you've brought every person here in these seats. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would teach us today. 
God, I pray that you would just speak through me and you would teach us about kindness, about goodness, and this kindness and goodness of a Savior. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We love you, and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you today, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. And uh, no worries if not, you can take a look up on the screens. And for those of you here, along with you viewers online, you can also follow us along on our SBCC app that you can download from the App Store. Uh, But let's take a look. So Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And I love how the author, Paul, he writes how it's the fruit of the Spirit. Right? Did you notice that? I know Greg kind of touched on this earlier in the series, but it's not the fruits, it's the fruit. And that's because love, joy, peace, patience, all these things are part of the fruit of the Spirit. You can't just pick and choose whichever ones that you want because they're all complements of each other. They all complement each other. They are all dependent of one another. For example, you can't have love without joy. Peace goes well with patience. It complements patience and kindness and goodness. They go hand in hand. And so as we take a look into kindness and goodness individually, it's just very important that you remember how they work well together. Uh, But let's take a look. Let's take a look at kindness. The Greek word for kindness used in Galatians is krestates. It's krestates. It means useful kindness. This kindness that is serviceable. And so it's clear that biblical kindness involves action. It is action-oriented. And we see that in Ephesians 4.32. It says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Notice how it says, be kind. It doesn't say just think kind thoughts. It doesn't say just to say that you're going to do kind things. No, it says to be kind. And that leads to being tender-hearted, which means not hardening your heart to other people. It means that your heart feels for these people in the same way. This is a quality of kindness because when your heart is tender, Think about when your skin is tender. So when you get a sunburn and someone like hits you on the arm when you get a sunburn, it doesn't take much to feel that pain, right? In the same way, when you're tender-hearted, you feel for that other person. It leads to empathy. It'll lead to mercy. It'll lead to grace. And it'll lead to forgiveness. All of these things that encompass kindness. And I love how this verse highlights it's because of God. It's because of God and the kindness that he's shown to us. It calls us to act, right? It calls us to act in this way because of what he's shown to us. And, you know, I have a question for you guys. Does anybody know what November 13th, 2018 is? Does anybody know that special day? Don't worry, it's not my birthday, you didn't forget. But I'll give you a hint. It's not World Siblings Day. It's not World Ice Cream Day. It's actually World Kindness Day. I don't know if you guys knew that. November 13th. 2018 is World Kindness Day, and on this specific day, everybody is encouraged to do at least one act of random kindness. So that could be helping someone across the street. That could be picking up trash on the beach. That could be bringing a box of donuts 
to your office for your coworkers, or even treating one of them out to lunch. Or it can even be as simple as giving someone a compliment. And I think that's a really cool thing. I think that's a great thing, but I would even go a step further. I would go a step further and say we should always be looking for ways to be kind. We shouldn't have to rely on a special day to remind us something we should always be doing. Kindness should be produced by the Holy Spirit through us. You know, as believers, the Holy Spirit is manifested in our lives and we see that through the fruit of the Spirit. And we see that through the way we act and the way we live our lives. So we should be actively seeking out ways to love on others, looking for ways God gives us to love on others, those opportunities God gives us. Because relying on whether or not it's comfortable or relying on whether or not it's convenient, that leads us to being passive. Whereas being intentional, seeking out these opportunities that God gives us, that leads to being active. And by acting kindly, others, they're able to witness the God inside me and of you. And how that God leads to tender concern. It leads to forgiveness. It leads to mercy. And it leads to compassion. And so as you guys are taking notes, you guys can write this in for your first blank. Kindness is not passive. It's active. Kindness is not passive. It's active. And as you're writing that down, think about different ways, maybe this past week, that you may have been passive. Or think about different ways this past week where you may have been active seeking out those opportunities God gave you. You know, our acts of kindness, they come from the goodness of our hearts. And in Galatians, the Greek word for goodness is agathosune. Agathosune, it means this intrinsic goodness. It's a personal quality. It's the uprightness of heart and of life. And so when we act out of the goodness of our hearts, it's for the benefit of others. Not so that we look good. Right? It's not so that we're perceived as this righteous person. Someone with agathosune will act selflessly. Because the truth is, we can do good things with the wrong intentions. Right? I'm sure we've all been there before. We can do good things with the wrong intentions. We can serve those in need. We can give to the poor. We can help out. We can even volunteer with certain programs. But if it's with the wrong intentions, if it's to glorify yourself, or even if it's only doing it because you expect something back in return, then that is not done out of the goodness of your heart. That is done out of the selfishness of your flesh. Romans 12.9 puts it this way. It says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Goodness is based off this genuine love. It's sincere love. So think about someone that you love. Think about that person that you love. Maybe you're sitting right next to them today. When you do kind and you do good things for them, are you doing it because it's for yourself? Are you doing it because you're expecting something in return? Or are you doing it because it's for them and it's not about you? 
because you love them, because it's out of the goodness of your heart and not the desires of your flesh because that's bad fruit. The good fruit is produced in the God inside of each and every one of us who believe. Matthew chapter 7, verses 17 to 18 says, So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. And I like that verse because Pastor James, I know he spoke about that. He kind of touched on that last weekend when he said, when we do things, we're ultimately doing things. It's a product of our hearts. It's ultimately a product of our hearts that we do things. And so if we do good things for the wrong reasons, it may look good on the outside, but it's actually a bad fruit. It's still bad. It's actually not a good fruit. When it's done out of the right reason and out of the true goodness of your hearts, that's when it's good fruit. That's when the Holy Spirit produces good fruit in each and every one of your lives. And so for your next point, you guys can write this down. Goodness is doing the right thing for the right reason. Goodness is doing the right thing for the right reason. And so now that we know what kindness is and uh, now that we know what goodness is, that should bring up a question, right? Who do we need to show kindness and goodness to? Well, God gives us the two greatest commandments in the book of Matthew. We read in Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Someone's asking Jesus, it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And then Jesus, he replies back in verse 37. He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And then take a look at this. Verse 39 says, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So here Jesus is telling us to love God with all our hearts, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, And then secondly, he says, to love your neighbors as yourself. And, you know, loving our neighbors is something that I've seen our church go above and beyond for. I love our church for that. We've definitely done that. You know, just recently in the months of January and February, we were doing our Outrageous Love projects. And it's all in response to the Outrageous Love series that we were going through. And a group in particular, Randy Shepard's group and Rosa, their group shared about Community's Child. Community's Child is this healthy bag program, uh, which is basically for kids in the South Bay who are going home hungry. So these kids, they would go to school, they would be provided a meal for breakfast, they would be provided a meal for lunch, but then they would go home and they wouldn't have dinner. Which also means on the weekends when there is no school, they basically had little, if anything, nothing to eat. And so when that small group heard about these kids, Man, their hearts broke. Their hearts broke for these children. And so they brought it to the attention of the whole church. And how did our church respond? We saw participation that was overwhelming. It it was so cool to see. If you take a look up on the screen at this picture, you can see just the full bags of food lined up across the wall near the entrance. And you can just see how this whole church, we, we come together 
and we love our neighbors out of the goodness and the kindness of your hearts. Collecting these bags of food, giving them to these children, these children in low-income families all across the Torrance School District. And you know, the truth is, all of these children, they will never know exactly who put what in what bag. Right? They're not going to know who put what cereal box in this bag or who put that extra can of food in that bag. And I love that fact. I love that fact because it shows the heart of our church and how it wasn't for self-glorification. It was for the glory of God. It was out of the kindness and goodness of your hearts that you serve these children, these neighbors that we have. Loving your neighbors as yourself. And so who do we need to show kindness and goodness to? Well, number one, we need to show kindness and goodness to our neighbors. We need to show kindness and goodness to our neighbors. And I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you and how we step up, right? We step up, we give, and we love our neighbors here in the South Bay. But sometimes it's easy to love on strangers. Sometimes it's easy to give to those people that we really don't know. But the truth is, sometimes it's hard to show kindness and goodness to those that we're closest with. It's hard to show kindness and goodness to those people who we are really, really close to. For example, some of you guys may struggle with showing kindness and goodness to your parents. Feeling like all they do is nag, 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 right? They're always on your case, always telling you what to do. But you're forgetting the fact that your parents do a lot of things left unseen. I see a lot of parents just shaking their heads right now, nudging their kids. But, you know, I can totally agree with that because I'm guilty of that with my parents. Uh, back when I was in college, I was living on my own in an apartment with some roommates, and our sink was never empty. It was always filled with dirty dishes. Our fridge was never full. It was just filled with expired milk and vegetables that we never really ate, like for the whole four years. And I always had this decision to make. I had the decision, am I going to go out? Am I going to buy groceries? Am I going to take this time to make food and make myself dinner? Or am I going to take like two to five minutes and drive to Taco Bell and have a dinner from there? Right, both of these things are a lose-lose situation. But when I got home, when I went home every weekend, the dishes happened to be washed and put and dried into the dish rack. My clothes, they miraculously found its way back into my room, all clean, all nice, all folded. I always had a meal ready for me, set, prepared for me to eat. It's easy to take for granted all the things that my parents do for me. And so if you're like me, maybe instead of just leaving dirty dishes each and every day, you would step up and you would do the dishes for that day. Or maybe instead of just filling the hamper until it explodes, you would do the laundry, or at least learn how to do your own laundry. And I love that because it's getting into this habit of intentionally seeking out ways that you can show kindness and goodness to your parents. And parents, you're not off the hook either. Parents, you may struggle with showing kindness and goodness to your kids, right? That's a fact. Finding it tougher each and every day, whenever they make mistakes, to show them grace. You know that grace is greater but you feel like you can show it to them later. Some of you, 
you may struggle with that, right? Struggle with letting work, letting busyness, maybe even letting serving in ministry get in the way of quality time spent with your family. Because parents, one of the best acts of kindness that you can do is just be there. Just be there for your kids. Making an effort to watch them play the sports that they do. Or making an effort to take time and talk with them or sharing a meal with them. Breaking bread with your children and with your family. Maybe for some of you, you have a broken relationship with a sibling or a relative. Maybe you don't see eye to eye with a certain brother. Maybe you don't see eye to eye with a certain sister or a cousin. And whenever you go to like family gatherings, you're choosing to just avoid them or act differently around them. Well, let's take a look at Ephesians 4.32. We saw that before, but let's also take a look at the verse before it. So Ephesians 4.31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And then here's verse 32 again. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. So in those relationships where there is bitterness, those relationships filled with anger, what does our response need to be? It needs to be to love on them through the power of the Holy Spirit, producing the fruit of kindness and goodness, That way it may lead to reconciliation. It may lead to mending that broken relationship that you may have. So for number two, on your notes, who do we need to show kindness and goodness to? We need to show kindness and goodness in our households. We need to show kindness and goodness in our households. And you know, other people we may find it hard to be kind to are people who are not kind to us. People who may not deserve it, but Luke 6 speaks a bunch of truth to this. Luke 6, 32 to 35 says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love do the same. And if you lend to those whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. And the verse 35, this is a great verse. It says, but love your enemies and do good. Lend, expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. You know, as I I said before, I currently work at the Skechers uh, corporate office in Manhattan Beach, and so I'm a consumer affairs representative, which means that I get calls each and every day of people either mad about their Skechers or just mad at Skechers. And I can remember this one day, I got a call from this woman. I got a call from this one lady who was basically telling me how her pair of shoes is defective and how she's had this problem with it. And when we were talking and talking, I came to realize she was trying to return a three-year-old pair of shoes. 
It's like, yeah, my shoes are three years old, but it's the defect. I'm like, the only defect is it's old. And so because of that, we were going back and forth, back and forth. She started yelling at me. She started throwing insults at me, asking me to speak to my manager. And then she did my biggest pet peeve. She just hung up on me. She just hung up on me. And so at that point, I was so frustrated. I was so angry. I was so mad. I felt like this woman, she just wasted my time. She just wasted like 10 to 15 minutes of my life with that conversation. But then a couple minutes later, I hear my coworker, and he's talking to the same woman. (laughs) And so he turns to me and he's like, Todd, Todd, man, this customer is the worst. And I'm like, I know, she's crazy. She's trying to turn back three-year-old pairs of shoes. Like all she wants is a free pair of shoes. She's just trying to take advantage of us. I hate when customers try to take advantage of us. But then when I said that, my coworker's face dropped. It dropped straight down to the floor. And because that's when we realized he forgot to press the mute button on his phone. And so that customer heard each and every word that we were saying about her. And so you know what he did? Do you know what he did? He hung up the phone. (laughs) He hung up the phone. I was like, dude, that's not smart. Clearly you didn't think about that. And so, of course, this customer, she calls back. She's heated. She's angry. She's talking to my manager. And then that's when we get the call from my manager. And she says, I need to see you both in my office now. And so after hearing that, I was so scared. (laughs) I was so scared. My heart was beating out of my chest. I was panicking. I was searching on Google like Nike customer service job openings because I was pretty sure I was going to get fired right then and there. I was like, oh my goodness. And we went and we eventually talked with my manager. She basically told us, hey, you know, you guys need to go apologize to that customer. You need to call her back. And so we did. So we called her back. I'm bracing myself for this customer to go off on us, telling us how we shouldn't have said any of the things that we did. But what ended up happening was after we apologized, the customer, she actually explained like, hey, you know, I'm so sorry for how I came off. I didn't mean to come off that way. She was honestly just having trouble affording new shoes. She was someone that was on a low income, she had a low budget, and that was literally the only pair of shoes that she owned. And then she continued on saying she appreciated us calling her back, and even though we said those mean things, even though we insulted her and she heard everything, and she had to write to be mad at us, she said, you know, I forgive you guys. I forgive you, like, that's okay. That was an unexpected act of kindness because she had all the right to just get angry with us, but she forgave us. I had the opportunity to show kindness and goodness before. I had the opportunity to do that, but I failed. And I let bitterness and anger and all these different things take control instead. And so that day, God taught me a valuable lesson in loving my neighbor Even though she may have been an EGR, this extra grace required person at the beginning, we are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. In Luke chapter 10, verses 30 to 35, uh, Jesus, he tells this great story. It's this great parable about a man who was traveling from Jerusalem 
to Jericho. And to give you guys a little bit of context, back then this road was a very dangerous road. It was known for people getting mugged. It was known for its crime. And so this man, as he's on his way to Jericho, he comes across some thieves. And when he sees these thieves, they end up beating him up. They take everything that he has and they take his clothes too and they leave him there basically half dead and naked on the road. And then Jesus continues on the story. He says, just by chance, a certain priest comes by. And this priest, he's walking, he's walking, he's walking down this road. And he takes a look and he sees this man. And then what does he do? He keeps going. He keeps walking. And when I first read that, I was so shocked because you would think by the nature of his position, this priest, this man of God, he would have jumped to the opportunity to love on this man He would have jumped on this opportunity to help someone in need, but he didn't. And then Jesus, he continues on the story. He says, just by chance, a Levite comes. This is a religious official back in that time. This Levite, he's walking, he's walking, and he sees this man. And then what does he do? He keeps on walking. Does the same exact thing. This this religious official keeps on walking, ignoring the fact that this man needs help. And then Jesus said, a Samaritan came along. And keep in mind, this hurt man, he was most likely a Jew. And so back then, Jews and Samaritans were enemies. Like they did not like each other. They were enemies, and so they hated each other. It was both because of racial and religious reasons. But then we read in Luke 10, chapter 33, or verse 33 and 35, it says, but a Samaritan as he journeyed, came to where he was, came to where this man was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he sent him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And then the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. And that's such a crazy story because if you think about it, there's, here's this good Samaritan. Same place the priest and Levi came from. This good Samaritan, he's walking, he's walking, and he sees this man hurt, and what does he do? He gets down. He bandages his wounds. He pours oil. He pours wine to disinfect his wounds. He brings this guy up. He picks him up. He puts him on his own animal, his own like donkey, and he takes him to an inn. And then when he gets there, you would think that would be enough, but no, he goes above and beyond. He takes care of him. He spends a night. He takes care of him. And then the next morning, he tells the innkeeper, hey, whatever more it costs, if there are any more expenses, you let me know and I'll come back and I'll repay it. And this was such a radical story that Jesus told because it challenged people to love their enemies. These people who may not deserve kindness, right? These enemies, for some of you, it may be a bully. Someone that picks on you day in and day out. For some of you, it may be your boss. Maybe it's a specific coworker that makes it harder and harder to go to work each and every day. Some of you may work in retail. Some of you may work in food or customer service like me, and you may deal with difficult customers 
every single time you go to work. Maybe for some of you, it's someone that mistreats you because of your race or because of your faith or because of where you're from. And that's why this story was so radical to people because Jesus was telling them their need not only to love on their neighbors, these people that they were close with, these people that were within their family where it was easy to love on. Nobody said to love and to act kindly to even their enemies. So for number three, who do we need to show kindness and goodness to? We need to show kindness and goodness to our enemies. We need to show kindness and goodness to our enemies. Why do we need to show this kindness and goodness to these people? Well, it's because it was shown to us. I love this verse. Titus 3, verses 4 through 5 says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. We love because God first loved us. And when we are given these opportunities to act upon, we have the ability to choose or make this decision on what we're going to do. And there are three C's that might affect your decision in those moments. So you can write this in for the first C in the process. The first C stands for conviction. The first C is conviction. So take a moment, let's think back to the parable of the Good Samaritan, how this priest, this Levite, in the story that Jesus told, it says that when they were coming, they saw this man. So they actually saw this man, and they were probably convicted by seeing this half-dead, naked man lying on the road. Someone that they probably knew needed help. They knew they should do something about it. And in that same way, I'm sure each and every one of you can think of situations where you saw someone in need. And you felt the Holy Spirit convicting you, the God inside convicting you to act. Because naturally, it's easier to just keep on walking. It's easier to just forget about it and go on with your day thinking that, hey, maybe someone else is going to come and help this guy. But when you feel this way, that is God tugging on your heart, letting you know that this person is in need, letting you know that this person may need your help. God is opening your eyes to an opportunity to love. And then after you're convicted, you're going to have to consider the cost. So you guys can write that in for the next C in the process. The next C stands for cost. So after you're convicted, you're going to have to consider the cost. And after the priest and the Levite, they saw this man in need, they had to consider the cost of stopping to help him. And what happened was the cost was too much for them, right? Or they just continued on in their way. And I'm sure in that moment, it was easy to make an excuse. Like, it is too dangerous to keep going on this road. If I stop here, this is too dangerous. 
Or maybe they were thinking, this guy could be a decoy. Maybe this is just a trick. So when I start helping this man, I'm going to get ambushed. Or maybe they even used the excuse of someone else is going to come along. Someone else may help this man. And maybe some of you guys can relate to this because me, honestly, I can relate to making excuses at times as well. Like, I don't have time for this. I'm already running late to what I have to do. I don't have time to stop and help this man. Or maybe that person, that man, he never asked for my help. If he asked me for help, I probably would have stopped and I probably would have helped him, but he never asked. You may find yourself thinking the same thing at times, but the truth is, Jesus, he never made any excuses, but he always set an example. And I love that about Jesus because he didn't just tell us what to do, he modeled it for us. He showed us what to do. Jesus was someone who went out of his way to heal the sick, to heal the blind, took time for those people in need regardless of the cost. And so after you're convicted to act, and after you've considered the cost, we need to remember Christ and the example he sets for us. So for that last C, you guys can write, Christ. We need to remember Christ. And in the same way that man, he was rescued by this good Samaritan, we have been rescued by the kindness and goodness of God. And because of this kindness and goodness, we are able to be convicted. We see the cost. And then we are moved to act because we remember what Christ did for us. Romans 5.8. This is one of my favorite verses. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Because of this amazing kindness and goodness of God, he sent his one and only son. And Jesus, he didn't just consider the cost. No, he took up the cross. And he paid for the penalty of our sins. And I feel like it's so easy to get numb to that fact. Right? We hear it all the time. Jesus died for our sins. We know that Jesus paid for the penalty of our sins. But do we live it out? Because we know this gospel is good news. Right? Even though we're sinners, even though we fall short of the glory of God, God loved us so much that he gave us Jesus. And this gospel should lead us to act kind. It should lead us to be good to others. Because through this gospel, we are convicted. We know the cost of the cross. And we love because Christ first loved us. You know, so today, my hope and my prayer is that you would think about the kindness and goodness of God. And because of how this love was shown to us, we need to go out and we need to act in love towards others. This week, as you go back to work or as you go back to school, for some of you getting back to your regular schedules, I challenge you guys to ask yourselves these questions. 
would people describe you as being kind? Would people describe you as being good? And then ask yourself, where does this kindness and goodness come from? And then I pray that you would remember that it is rooted from the kindness and goodness of a Savior. The true, the perfect kindness and goodness of Jesus. Amen, church? All right, let's close our time in a word of prayer. So as you close your eyes and you bow your heads, take this time to think about Open your hearts. Take this time to reflect how God has been kind to you. Maybe today as you walked into these doors, you brought along some stress. You brought along some worry, some fear, this anxiety from this past week. God may be calling you to give those up to him today so that you can take this time to refocus your attention to God opening your hearts to the perfect kindness and the perfect goodness of our Savior. And if you felt God speaking to you today and you want to make a decision to follow Christ or you want to make a decision to recommit your life to Him, will you pray this prayer with me? Will you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your kindness and for your goodness. God, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that the penalty of sin is death. And so I thank you for sending your son, for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I believe in you, God, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. God, thank you for your love. God, thank you for your grace. God, I commit my life to you today. We thank you. We praise you and we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.